0: Welcome to the Platform Podcast, where we talk to coaches, athletes, experts, and real people to learn about their approaches to training, nutrition, mindset, and much more. I'm your host, Jordan Kunde-Wright, founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club. I'm on a mission to help others build sustainable, healthy lifestyles. Before we jump into this episode, I'm very excited to announce registration is open for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open on October 22nd in Little Canada, Minnesota. Just like we did last year, we will be accepting video submissions for participants who are unable to make the trip in person. You'll be able to submit your videos until midnight central time on October 21st and eligible for all of the same prizes as our in-person competitors. Just go to our website, twincitieskettlebellclub.com for details. This week, I'm walking through my framework for a year-end retrospective and looking back at 2021. Now it ties back to the goal setting framework I went through last year all the way back in episode nine. If you haven't listened to that episode, maybe go back and give that one a listen first. I also want to say I'm incredibly grateful that you listened to this podcast. The best way you could support me is to register for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open and maybe tell a friend or two too. Just go to our website for details. And if you haven't already, Please be sure to leave a rating and review the platform podcast in your app of choice and support my work by supporting our sponsors whose affiliate links you'll find in the episode notes. And of course, if you want to step on the platform and compete in kettlebell sport or if you need help with your nutrition, please reach out to me. I help athletes of all levels reach their goals without wasting time using my integrated online coaching approach. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, or email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. And now without further ado, let's get into a year-end retrospective on 2021. All right. Welcome into this week's episode of The Platform podcast. I am your host, Jordan Kundy Wright. It has been a minute. Took a little break because I needed it and it was the holidays as I'm sure you are all well aware. And I'm excited to be back. I love this time of year. Um There is just something in my nerd brain that gets super excited about planning and looking back, reflecting on the year that has passed, and I just really enjoy this time of year um, for, for a number of reasons. It's not just that. Obviously, the holidays are great. I love any opportunity... Um, I get to, to spend time with my family and focus on the things that are most important in life, which of course are family and friends and connections. Um, those things mean a lot to me. Hopefully they mean a lot to you too. Um, but I love this time of year because because of that, you get to take stock of the year that has transpired and you get to look optimistically on the future it's in human nature uh to really enjoy clean checkpoints and we we like we like those even numbers we like five tens and five tens and zeros and you know we like those we like having clean checkpoints we like month end Quarter end, year end, we create these benchmarks. Um, I mean, hell, human race created the concept of time so that we could keep track of things uh, and we could measure because we like having structure. We like structuring our world. We like structuring our our existence. Uh, so I am particularly right brain oriented in that regard. That I really enjoy. Uh, creation of structure and uh, the opportunity when a benchmark comes up or a phase gate comes up or uh, you know anything that gives us a chance to reflect and and look back on on the year that has been or look back on a period of time that has been Um, so that is part of the reason i love this time of year so much Um, And in case the title of the episode didn't give it away already, or in case uh, my little random (laughs) ranting diatribe didn't give it away, uh, the topic of today's podcast is how to do a retrospective on your year. And for people that are unfamiliar with the term retrospective. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to nerd out on you a little bit. I got to warn you. Um, So I am by trade and training uh, a scrum master. And what that means is I am an agile coach an agile scrum master. And I'm sure people outside of uh, the software development world uh, and outside of the business world might, might not know even what that means. I don't mean agile in the, uh, physiological sense of being able to to change directions quickly although that is in the spirit of what agile means agile is actually a framework for that was created for software development that says instead of planning very very rigidly and taking so much time and investing so much time on the front end to try and get the plan right for how we're going to develop a new piece of software Um, Instead of doing that and trying to build out the perfect plan for how we're going to build the thing, um, let's create a framework or a structure that plans in much smaller increments and creates opportunities for iterative feedback, where we reflect on what we've done in much smaller increments of time so that we can Change directions more quickly, and create things that are more valuable to our customers more quickly. That's the basic premise of agile. Um, and so, I mean, in the in the same sense, agility in the physiological definition is the ability to change direction quickly. Um, so that's what made Barry Sanders, you know, uh, arguably the greatest running back that ever played, is his ability to change direction quickly and accelerate away from. Uh, defenders, right? So agility is, is the ability to change direction quickly. And that is part of what I do for a living uh, is try and implement the principles of agile into my business and into my daily life. And I really like the approach Because instead of planning the entire year and trying to control the entire year, you really focus on what is the smallest increment of time within which I can make significant progress Um, and and what, what is the definition of what I'm trying to accomplish within that period of time. And then, when you get to the end of said increment of progress, um, which we, you know, or said increment of effort, um, which we call sprints, right? You, you do things in sprints, typically two weeks to a month uh, or six weeks, maybe two months, but you try and keep the increment of time rel- very small or relatively small um, so that you can do a retrospective on each sprint and look at. How did we do relative to what we said we were going to try and accomplish in this small increment of time? And so we look at what were the wins and what were the challenges and what are the opportunities for going forward? How can we improve so that you get better over time? Ideally, (laughs) You, you take time to reflect on your progress reflect on your goals and how what your current approaches are doing are working towards that goal. And if they're going well, then you change very little. Uh, If they're going terribly, then maybe you change quite a bit. Um, But the idea being stop, take inventory of what's happened and and what's working and what's not and make changes accordingly, right? And doing that in increments of time Um, that are smaller, that, that is what uh, agile basically is all about. But also when you get to one of these major milestones, like, I don't know, the end of the year, you retrospect, you do a retrospective at the end of each sprint but you can also do a retrospective on the project itself. So the whole life of the project. So this would be an increment of time that I would highly recommend that everyone should do a retrospective on their year because 2021, let me tell you, 2021 was a ride. <laughs> That's the best thing I could think to say about it. It was a fucking roller coaster, man. Let's just call it what it is. Um it was it was it was so fun, especially like the first the first six months, right? You know, when when we thought the coronavirus was was being put behind us and there was so much optimism going into the summer it seemed like we had gotten through the dark winter that was the fucking entire year of 2020 we had we had fought our way through it we huddled together we you know we we went through that we went through that wilderness together with all that terribleness and death and just isolation and despair and uncertainty and fear and we banded together and we really pulled through and in 2021 everything was going to be better and for the first half of the year it really seemed like that was the case it really did things were looking so good we were feeling so good going into the summer we were ready to declare ourselves free of corona we were gonna have the vaccines and everybody was gonna get vaccinated and The restrictions were all going to go away, everybody was going to be fine, and, you know, everything was going to be great. Um, And then reality set in about two months later, and we got kicked in the groin by the Delta variant, by people not getting vaccinated, and the spread of the virus continuing to be a problem by fighting about what's the right way to handle the spread of the virus uh you know because once we alleviated restrictions to control the virus uh, then what should we do you know it's hard to put them back in place once they've already been alleviated everybody really is enjoying their return to normal um you know etc and and then now we have omicron and you know optimism has really waned uh recently you know we really we really are are dealing with uh we're dealing with some shit man so twenty twenty one has been a roller coaster it really really has but i hope i hope for you as it has been for me that there have been silver linings throughout all of it because it's adversity that reveals character that's what i was always told coming up um, that adversity doesn't adversity doesn't form character it reveals character i'm not i'm not sure that that's fully true I think it both forms and reveals character. I think, I think who we are um, is revealed in adversity, but I also feel like we're dynamic and that we're always evolving and changing and how things go and how we respond to adversity um, is, is not just revelatory of our past experiences, but it's also revelatory of our choices in those moments. So we can make changes during periods of adversity, we can choose to be different. We can choose to evolve um, or devolve. Um, and honestly, the, the devolving is usually not a choice. It's more of a reversion back to simpler, uh, more evolutionary based brain mechanics. But setting that comment aside, I really think that the adversity we went through in 2021 was terrible in a lot of ways, but also very, very useful. I hope it was useful. It was useful for me. And I hope it was useful for you. I hope it really helped clarify and crystallize for you. What are the areas that are most important? I think we're seeing those changes. Actually, I think it's, I think we're seeing that you're seeing people that are willing to walk away from jobs that seemed so important until it was like, uh, doing this job might cost you your life. And then people are like, eh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. No, um, maybe I'm gonna go home and putting your health on the line to do something. It really makes you take stock of, is this something I really want to do? Is this really worth it to me? Right. <laughs> when the when the fucking table stakes are getting Corona or not getting Corona, um, you know, how important is going to the gym? How important is going to work? How important is seeing family? How important is, you know, and I, I know that's not predetermined. I, I know that I'm, I'm being hyperbolic intentionally, but, um, I realized that, that it wasn't a choice of getting Corona or not getting Corona. It wasn't predetermined, but the risk was there, right? The risk was present and we all had to, to really take stock of what's most important in our life and how important are these things that you do? How important is going to church? How important is going to the bar? How important is going to work? (laughs) How important is, you know, is there another way to do this? Is there a better way to do this? And I think one of the silver linings that has come out of this is that we really had to take stock of those things and things that we were told were necessary and had to be done a certain way because that's the way that it always been done. Once the choice was no longer there or the choice was do it this way and people will die. Uh, suddenly it laid bare some pretty gaping holes in, in the things that we had assumed to be true or assumed to be valid assumptions. Um, and, and we really had to take stock of those things. So I think there's a lot of silver linings to, to come out of 2021. And I, I hope it was that way for you too. I hope it made you value the relationships that you really care about more and really made you take stock of your priorities because it did a lot of that for me. Um, it really, it really, truly did. Um, and I know I'm being a, i am being I know I'm being a bit rambling, but it is a retrospective on an entire year, and it's hard to stay cogent and coherent uh, when you think about an entire year. But that is why we have frameworks. So, with that said, I'm I'm going to to divert to my notes a little bit and and talk about how do I think about an entire year when when I'm looking back on my year and hopefully you've already listened to my goal setting framework episode. I think it was like episode 19 or 20, um, but you can go back to that. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, but I, I went through the, the Chris Stuffins goal setting framework, Chris Stuffin from Kabuki strength world record holding power lifter and just an awesome dude. Um, somebody I, I super admire. Um, you can go back to that episode and i, I walk through a lot of those things um, i walk through my framework and how we rec- how we introspect to determine what are our priorities in life and uh, and then build our goals around the most important things and how do you break those down into you know outcome goals and you, so you start with the outcome goal which is the highest level thing and then you break it down into into smaller and smaller increments um, and you really look at what are the what are the things i need to do on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis to to get the outcome that I'm that I'm going for. And then tracking progress from there. Right. So that episode is already out there. I'm not going to rehash that, but I am going to reference it um, because it it's how I organize my my goal setting. It's how I organize my life already. Um, so, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue with that. So, so when you hear me talk about drivers or drives, um, the drives are the whys. Why do you do the things that you do, right? Um, and those can be those are those are personal. They're individualized. Um, so, like my my drives from from that I that I know that I have from my introspection are are passion recognition, independence, growth, impact, uh, creativity, and security. Th- those are kind of my my seven drivers that that came out from my my goal setting from last year, right um, And going through that framework. Um, but all of those map to, Motivation aspects of motivation, um, which this comes from Daniel Pink's book, Drive. Which, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend. Um, it, it's it's a great, great look at how human motivation in the modern world is different than what it than what it was, or or how it was thought about during the industrial age. Um, so, moving from uh, an economy that was based on Uh, productivity in very rote manufacturing style jobs So now we're in like the information economy um, and the service economy and being able to deliver things um, and and create value with our minds uh, as much with our hands Um, right so um, Daniel Pink said that the aspects of motivation map to only three areas basically Um, autonomy the ability to control your own destiny autonomy Mastery, can you learn a skill and, and seek to master it? And many skills, not necessarily just one, especially in today's world, you have, to, you have to be a, you have to be able to pursue mastery in a domain, which usually requires a wealth of skills in several areas and the ability to integrate across many areas. Um, and then purpose. does what I do matter. Does it matter on on any larger level than just myself, right? And so purpose is is a big one. Does it matter to me? That's like the lowest level. Does it matter to my family? Okay, that's the next level up. Does it matter. Am I part of something larger than just my family? Am I part of a community? Am I part of a mission? Am I part of, you know, uh, a, a greater purpose? Is there a calling? for me is there something that i'm doing that gives my life purpose right and and purpose can is that's one of those that's very individual for some people it's like i need to have a large impact on the world that that's what really makes my life feel meaningful and for some people it's like i need to have a large impact on my family right you know that's much more individual right but there's nothing wrong with that 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 doesn't come from a place of judgment that's just you have to assess what what purpose means to you, right? So those are the three areas the, of of motivation that Daniel Pink says goes across. Those are really the three key areas uh, of you know the aspects of motivation: autonomy, mastery, and purpose, right? So my drives, passion, recognition, you know those those probably those probably go as much towards purpose, independence, autonomy, growth that goes towards mastery, impact, that's purpose, creativity, that probably maps to, I would say both, maybe both purpose and mastery kind of depends on how you interpret creativity, Um, but then security, autonomy, right? So, So all of the things that I identified as drivers for myself map to those three aspects of motivation. That Daniel Pink talks about the fundamental aspects of motivation, um, which I really like, right? So you can think about those things um, in that way. And I'm not trying to overly complicate this. Um, you can, you can, I'm trying to show you that there are more, there's more than one framework to think about these things in, right? And you can take it to the level of granularity or macro that makes the most sense for you. Um and so from my from my drives, I map my drives to what are my pillars of importance. And so this is where I really think about like, how do I express those drives that I have? That I know those are the the drives are very personal to me, right? Those are very personal things to me. And how do I manifest those in the world, in a way that goes beyond me? Um, right? What are the pillars of importance? What are the behaviors? Right? Um, so number one for me is health. And I, in, in my podcast episode, I think I said a family first, um, but upon reflection, I realized that you can't be there for your family. If you're not healthy, you can't show up well for your family. If you're not healthy first, um, you actually can be a burden to your family. If you're unhealthy, um, <clears throat> Other people have to take care of you when you're unhealthy. And sometimes there's nothing you can do about that. And that's beyond your control. That's one of those things that was clarified for me during COVID, frankly, is, is taking care of yourself and taking care of your health, making sure that you're doing what you can to be there and be healthy for your family um, or for others or for anyone. But health is number one. Um it, at least for me i feel like it should be for everybody um but that that's it, it, if you don't have your health you don't have you don't have the other things become much less important uh, and you just want to be healthy again i i can i can tell you that from personal experience witnessing it and seeing what it's like when someone within your family or or, or uh, adjacent to your family is not healthy and what that what pressure that puts on on other people, right, because your family cares about you and wants you to be healthy. So when you're not, other people sacrifice in order to support you. And so being healthy is my number one pillar of importance. Um, number two, then is family. And Being there for my family and trying to take care of my family and build meaningful relationships with my family, be the best, most present father I can be, be the best, most present and caring spouse that I can be, the best partner that I can be. Um, Because ultimately, those two things are the most important. Uh, Third for me then is work or my career. That's my day job, right? Um, how, how do you, how, you spend a lot of time working because that's how I provide for my family. Um, so you spend a lot of time working. How can you How can you make sure that you're showing up at work and you want your work to express your passion? You want to get recognition at work. <laughs> Right. Or, or I want to get recognition at work and I, I want to be recognized for being competent and, and contributing important things to my company. Um, I want my work to facilitate independence. Right. I want to make enough money doing the work that I do that it helps me that it helps me gain financial independence. Right. And I want growth. I want to learn new skills. I want to be challenged. I am intellectually curious to a fault. I want to learn new things all the time. I love learning new things. I need to be challenged, right? So that growth is super important, right? And work is a great place for me to express that. Impact. Does my work matter? How does my work impact the larger world outside of me? Well my family is first. It, it helps me, it helps me take care of my family. But then does it do anything beyond just my family? Right? Does the work I do matter? Right. Impact on the on the larger world. Creativity. Does does what I do give me a vehicle? Do I get to be creative at work? Can I create things? Can I create content? Um, can I create solutions? Right? Can I think? Can I, can I synthesize new things that, haven't, that hadn't been there previously? That, that creativity piece is important for me. And then security, right? I think that, I think that dovetails pretty well into the independence um, piece, right? Security and independence are, are pretty, uh, maybe not synonymous, but yeah, they're pretty synonymous, I think, right? Being secure. You have to be secure to be independent, right? If you're, not, if you're not secure, you're not independent. So having, having a level of security, right? So that, that's work, right? Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Platform Podcast. We will return to the episode shortly. I just want to take a second to thank everyone who has made 2021 such a special year for me here at the Platform Podcast and the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club. Everyone who trusts me to be their coach, those of you who came to the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open, our sponsors, Elevator Belts, Barefoot Athletic Shoes, Pro Kettlebell, 27 Degrees Apparel, Cameron Customs. Thank you all so much for your support and I cannot wait to see what 2022 holds for us all. And then coaching for me, coaching is super important and that, that really ties to the, to the impact piece, right? Impact, recognition, passion, you know, uh, and then, and then my 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 side business, my entrepreneurial ventures, right? That's important for me because it's uh, it is very independent. It's it's independent of my work, and it's creative, and it's another way to to have impact and to grow. It, it's skills that I need to acquire. Skills um, I need to acquire skills that aren't necessarily required for me at work right so there's a there's a lot of things and it helps it helps me be creative and ideally by expanding my ability to make money outside of just my day job it it creates a greater level of security right so that's that's where like that's where the the business piece comes in and then finances right um Finances are obviously an important, an important pillar. Um, when you, when you look at how are you going to be independent? How are you going to be secure? Those are, those are both tied to your finances growth. I want to grow my finances. Obviously I want, I want to use my finances to create impact. That is one thing that I learned, um, working at a nonprofit, um, all of the people that were my targets when I was trying to cultivate relationships and do fundraising for a nonprofit were people that were financially successful. Um, So being able to be financially successful allows you to have an impact. It allows you to be able to give back, right? You can leverage that financial success to help others. Uh, that's just the nature. And you don't have to be financially successful to help others. I also help others with my coaching and hopefully with this podcast. But financial success also facilitates the ability to help others. Right. So, mapping the whys, the drives that you have to your pillars of importance, I think is a really good way. To look at how your year mapped out. Um, if you don't like the Pillars of Importance, um, you can also use you can also use other frameworks. Um, another one that that I think dovetails pretty well into to the framework that I use, but one from uh, Brendan Bruchard, who's a high level uh, life coach, and business coach, uh, he, he has, uh, nine dimensions that he, that he has people retrospect on, which is physical health, mental health, um, romantic slash partner health, um, your family health, your social connections, uh, your mission, your experiences, your finances, and your skills, right? So those, those map pretty closely to, to, to what I'm talking about. So when we, when we look at going into a retrospective. Right. I like to I like to always start with the wins. Right. What did we what did we succeed with in the year? What were the big wins for the year? Um, so what I what I do is I take those those pillars of importance and I write them. Uh, you know on the y-axis vertically and then on the x-axis I just divide it in half and I say wins and challenges and I look at my year and so when I'm talking about when I'm looking back on my on my year um, you know I'm gonna look at my physical health my mental health I do actually like Dividing those two, I just had health as the pillar of importance. But uh, another thing that's been clarified for me in, in COVID is that physical health and mental health are uh, two not different dimen- They're they're interconnected dimensions. Um, so health is an interconnected dimension. But I like to I like to bifurcate it because the things you're doing to take care of your physical health are 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 often not the same as what you need to do for your mental health. They, they coincide, but there are, I think there are two different dimensions. Um, so, uh, you know, physical health, mental health, relationship, health, family health, uh, work health, and then coaching and business or entrepreneurial business. And then finances right so those those same pillars of importance that i was just talking about and I, I i put those on the i put those on the y-axis and then i put just wins and challenges on the x-axis so it's really just dividing your your page in two and and putting your your pillars of importance you know on the side um and in, in going through those and i like to first Go through my wins because I feel like it's easier to work vertically down the list than it is to try and go wins, then challenges, wins, then challenges, wins, then challenges. Because then you go from positive to negative, positive to negative, positive to negative. I feel like it's much easier to to stay in a positive focus first and just try and collect, you know, wins. What were the wins? What were the things that really went well this year? right and talk through those things collect those things on your page and really think about those things and then you toggle to challenges and start thinking about what are the things that didn't go as well as I would like and what and what are those what are those things across each of those dimensions right so you know I can I'll I'll be transparent and vulnerable as much as as much as uh that can always be scary, but uh, so you know, for me, wins in twenty twenty one. You know, physical health. Um, you know, I maintained my weight throughout the year. Maintenance is maintenance is uh, always important, right? Um, so I maintain, I maintained my weight, you know, within a a reasonable variance. I didn't have any new injuries this year, which for me is a huge fucking win. Uh, If you've listened to the episode I had with Matt Boris about our collection of injuries, um, from, you know, football, rugby, stupidity, MMA, you know, just various things. Uh, I don't have any new injuries this year, which is, which is great. Um, to to not to not have any new injuries to add to the list is a win for me and a huge one because that allows me to focus on uh, improving other things. So uh, you know, improving my I improved my spinal my spinal health um, in my neck and my and my lumbar region. I, I have a great chiropractor who's just across the road from my house, and he's been super helpful for me. Uh, you know, with with exercises and uh, regular adjustments and things and I, you know, we have, we actually have x ray measurements of how much I've improved the curvature of my lumbar region and of my cervical region of my spine, which were two pretty major areas of concern for me, especially, you know, having, especially having you know, smash my head into other, uh, large humans for many, many years, uh, playing football, restoring the curve in my neck has been huge. I, I've made like a 20 degree improvement, uh, in the, in restoring the curvature of my neck, which is huge as I've had many, much, I've had many fewer headaches. I've had a much greater risk of incidents with having headaches and pain in my neck, which is great, you know, so, Huge win for me there. Um, mental health. I said yeah, no major depressive episodes and resilience through COVID. Um, I've I've had my ups and downs. I'm sure, just like a lot of you have, you know. But uh, I haven't had any major depressive episodes, which is which is great. I'm I'm not prone to major depression, um, but I am prone to feeling all the feelings and uh i feel like i've done pretty well staying even keel throughout this and um it's been a struggle at times but i've done the work to to stay uh, connected to other people and that's been super super important for me um you know and then uh in my marriage I, i feel like you know that's none of your fucking business, but no, I'm kidding. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to share a couple of things, but you know, like my wife and I uh, made it a point to, to start scheduling time to go on day dates is, is what I call them um, where, because our, both of our kids are now in school now. And thank, thank God the, the schools have been open again. Um, our kids are in school full, full time Monday through Friday. And like, once every two weeks we schedule a lunch date where we go to lunch together which seems like such a small thing but i i can't tell you like that one hour two hours of time that we get to spend together um connecting just the two of us away from our kids and not having pressure um has been huge it's been so, it's been so good for, for me. I hope it's as good for, for Steph as it has been for me, but, um, like just, um, just making it a priority to carve out time, uh, to spend some time together during the week, because I have that flexibility and I really appreciate that my job gives me that flexibility. And I, I, I've, just blocked out a a chunk of time in my schedule every two weeks where I go on a date with my wife I go to lunch with my wife right that's 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 fantastic you know uh that's been super super helpful you know and then family parenting you know um we've we've got my kids in sports and my my daughter is reading all the Harry Potter books she's well ahead of her reading level my son is you know, improved in in so many, in so many areas, you know, so I've got wins there. And then at work, I've gotten new certifications and I've got, you know, things that, that have gone well with clients and accounts that I manage and, you know, things going well. And then, you know, coaching that's been, that was honestly one of the biggest wins of the year for me was, uh, the, the kettlebell the twin cities kettlebell open was honestly one of the highlights of my year it really was seeing my team come in and just crush getting to meet so many people that i've connected with through this podcast or through the kettlebell sport community that i hadn't ever met before um like seeing seeing those people in person for the first time and and successfully running my first competition and learning so much from that experience, uh, was just awesome. And there's, there's way too many wins in that column, even than I could, than I could list. I honestly put, you know, many, many more, uh, just as a, just as a, uh, as a yada, yada, yada basically because there was just too many for me to list out. Like I'm so happy, about how, how much went well from a coaching perspective, um, you know, and then business side, side hustle, uh, you know, I've got much better systems in place than I had last year. I, I'm my, I'm serving more people than I, than I had, you know, and previously, and there's, there's just a lot of Growth potential there. And I have a new partnership with a close friend of mine that I'm, I'm really excited about We're we're working on some stuff. I can't speak about it yet, or, you know, we're, we're still very much in stealth mode, but, uh, there's some cool, there's some cool things that I'm working on that really I'm, I'm excited about because it, it, it keeps my entrepreneurial fire burning, which is, which is great. And I love it, you know, and then, you know, financially, like, you know, all of these things that these other things that I've done create wins at, at home. And, you know, I'm, I'm increasing my stability and I'm increasing my security and, uh, taking care of those things and taking care of my family. So, um, you know, that that's kind of how I go through it is I, I, I stack those wins and then, uh, and then, and then I go over to challenges, right. And, um you know again i'll be vulnerable and i'll I'll talk about you know some of my challenges you know across each of these dimensions and i'm I'm gonna try and be courageous uh and, and tell you about those things like uh you know i i i put some weight back on at the end of the year Um, not much, but I still stayed within my, my acceptable range, but, you know, I put some weight back on at the end of the year, but like the bigger challenge for me was, you know, I came into this year saying, um, you you know, I was 270 pounds at the start of the year and I wanted, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to lose 50 or 60 pounds before the Twin Cities kettlebell open in October. And that did not happen. Um, you know, that was a huge challenge for me. Um, but I had to assess where I was at and I had to listen to my coaches, um, when they were telling me I'd been dieting too hard for too long and I'd been too overtaxed for too long. And that my, you know, I was seeing thyroid, I was having thyroid issues. I got my, I got my thyroid levels checked, you know, based on, um, some suggestion from my nutrition coach and, uh, you know, I was having thyroid issues because my body had adapted to being in a deficit for too long, you know? So, um, I, I didn't lose weight in, I didn't lose weight like I wanted to in 20 in 2021. Um, I, I was not as successful with, um, with my physical changes that I wanted to make, but I will say, um, one of the things I didn't mention in my mental health and, uh, and this is where it kind of goes across the two dimensions and, and it's a win that I definitely want to capture and I'm doing it kind of right now live is um, my relationship with food is, is better and my awareness is better and I'm actually a lot more comfortable with the fact that I wasn't successful with that um, this year than I would have been previously and the reason I'm okay with it is because I know so much more now than I did before you know even a couple of years ago i've improved my skills and my knowledge and i know that that listening to my coaches and i i know that it was the right thing to do to throw the brakes on trying to lose weight because i could have c- continued down that path and it would would have just led to more extreme behavior it would have just led me down a path of further restricting exercising too much um, really wreaking havoc on my body to try and force my way, I was gonna try and bludgeon my way to the the target that I that I had set. And that would not have been long term sustainable or good for me., um, So, I actually feel like I'm in a much better place mentally with that decision than it would have been, uh, even in 2020. So, you know, uh, shout out to Liz Larson and, uh, you know, a shout out to Samantha Burr, my nutrition coaches in, in, in 2021 for, for helping support me to, to reach that conclusion and to be okay with that and to be great coaches and good support systems, because, uh, this is a long-term game. It's not, it's not just about hitting the goal, At at any cost, because the cost would have been too much. Um, So you know, the win was still that I maintained my weight within you know my acceptable range of variance. But I I didn't lose the weight that I wanted was the challenge, right? I didn't I didn't change my body composition and the weight that I wanted. But again, another win was that mentally I'm in a much better place. i much better relationship with food. Um, Still working on the relationship with my body. That's one of my challenges for mental health right um you know um managing that relationship with how i look um and how i feel like i look more so than how i actually look managing that that thought distortion um you know um yeah you know uh challenges challenges in in marriage are are always you know communication and uh not enough time together that's the biggest problem my wife and i have honestly we i laugh about it i don't know she finds it funny but you know I, i said like my biggest problem i have with our marriage is i don't get to see you enough she works nights at the hospital um i work days and i you know do my day job and then i have my side hustle you know doing the coaching and my entrepreneurial ventures and, you know, I I just, I don't sit still well. So um, I create my own bottlenecks there by uh, limiting my own time because I don't do well with idle hands, but then she's also busy and we're on different schedules. So not enough quality time together, you know, so um, and then, you know, parenting you know, I'll I'll leave that out because I don't I don't want to talk about the things that I'm <laughs> worried about with my kids. But I, I worry more about myself, honestly, than I worry about my kids. I'm always thinking about like, how can I respond with more patience, kindness, calmness? Um, how can I emulate what I want them to become? And how can I speak to them in a way? that creates the confident, capable human beings that I, I know that they can become if I do a good job. Um, I, that That's honestly what my challenges are um, with parenting. It, it's not so much my kids. I mean, there's always challenges with, with parenting children, but uh, my challenges that I articulate are, are more centered around what I need to work on uh, because that's, that's, you know what this framework is about right um you know and then at work it's always um how can i do more how can i create greater impact um how can i be more valuable this year um how can i just continue to grow my value and i i you know always want to feel like i'm doing more there and then coaching how can i be more consistent how can i show up for my for my athletes um with the best knowledge possible. How can I make sure that I'm customizing my approach to each athlete? That is a challenge when you're coaching 20 people. Um, making sure that you're making sure that you're you're taking individual variants into account, their personality, um, their neurotype, their available equipment, uh, you know their schedule, all of these things like that that takes effort. Um, And that is a challenge for me. And that's something I want to get better at is how do I how do I individualize better and uh, also make sure that I'm showing up consistently for them in the way that they need me to and getting their feedback. Um, You know, um, the business piece, the, the honestly, the biggest challenge there is is any success that I build with my business means time away from my family you know, any entrepreneurial venture you're doing means time away from family means resource away from your family, whether that's financial or time or both. All right. Um, so trying to find balance in a way that is sustainable. How do I do that? Um, I'm working on that. That's a big one for me. Um, and then, you know, um, finances, I think anybody that's being honest about their finances, you know, probably looks at me like, eh, I probably could have been more disciplined with my spending, especially in 2021. Um, probably, probably spent some money on some things that I didn't need to spend money on. But uh, then I also look at like, eh, did that did that bring me joy? Did that bring me happiness? I can't take it with me. I, you know, I've I've talked about how uh, money in and of itself doesn't doesn't mean a ton to me. It's it's a it's a means to an end. Um, which I struggle with because it makes me, it makes me undisciplined uh, in my spending sometimes because I would, I really struggle to say no uh, at times. So, um, but that's, that's, that's honestly, that's, that's the framework that I go through. Um, hopefully that, that made sense, right. It is um, you know, looking at your drivers, your whys uh, and then, and then taking that, and looking across different dimensions of your life. You know, the pillars, the pillars of the pillars of well being, and, and looking back and reflecting on what were your wins? What were your challenges? um, And then from there, we'll start planning, we'll start looking at how do I take those things that I want to improve on and make changes? for next year. How do I get better next next year? And we will look at that in another podcast. We will, we will talk about um, an agile approach to goal setting and incremental check-in and iteration adjustment adaptation whatever you want to call it, right? So we we assess, we adapt. Uh, and then we, and then we move forward, right? So what is a shippable increment of progress? Uh, sorry, I'm nerding out on agile, uh, but that is what we'll look at in another podcast forthcoming. I hope this was useful for you. It was useful for me. I know it was probably a bit rambling, apologize sincerely for the delay in getting out content, but I needed a break. Um, So I took a break and part of what I'm going to look at for the next episode, or maybe it won't be the sequential next episode, but in the future episode of looking at goal setting moving forward is um, how do I show up with consistency? For y'all, and create content, feed that creativity, while also managing my need to spend time with my family, and not take too much time away from my family, um, because that creates the tension. So, hopefully, we can solve that. But I'm going to talk to you about my approach for that, and my approach to goal setting, and how I'm looking at 2022, and what my focuses are and i don't talk about this just to talk through my own stuff i hope it's useful for you i'm i'm putting my own stuff out there um as a mechanism or as an example that you can draw from i i realize that most of y'all probably don't care (laughs) what my goals are um hopefully it's useful to you in in serving as some type of a template um, that you can use yourself or adapt in a way that makes sense to you. Um, so that's why I do it. It's, it's not it's not that I really want you to know what all of my goals are, because honestly, it gives me a little bit of anxiety telling people that the things that I succeeded and failed on um, last year. Um, but I'm trying to uh, demonstrate courage and and be willing to put that out there in the hopes that it generates impact, because that is important to me. So I am willing to be afraid and live in that fear in order to demonstrate courage and create impact. So hopefully I'm doing that for you. And if you haven't already, leave me a rating and review, give me feedback, you know how to get at me. It's in the intro, it's in the outro. Um, And without further ado, I will see you next time. On the Platform Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Platform Podcast. I'm Jordan Kundi Wright. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Please don't forget to register for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open on our website, club.com And if you have a question or suggestion, please email me at club at gmail.com follow us on social media at twin cities kettlebell club and of course if you want to step onto the platform and compete in kettlebell sport please reach out to me until next time